The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown, baby! Now, here are your hosts, two-time All-American punter Drew Butler. Mark Rick would like Drew Butler to hit it a mile in the air. And he did and the SEC's career leader in touchdown passes and completions, Aaron Murray. Touchdown! In stride as he crosses the goal line. Put it right on his hip. What a throw. Now with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Get to the house! Sideline! Pylon! Touchdown! And the dogs are on the board first. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been lame. Welcome in to the Punt and Pass Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler, joined as always by my co-host, Aaron Murray. Aaron, week two of the 2018 college football season is complete, and it was a dandy just as we expected. We're going to break down the top games from the weekend. Georgia, South Carolina, Clemson, Texas A&M, Kentucky, and Florida, and maybe a few others as well. We are at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. Aaron is at AaronMurray11, and I am at DrewButler13. If you follow us on Punt and Pass, Twitter and Instagram, we had an awesome giveaway contest this past weekend. I'm going to announce the winner right now, Murray. I found an old game used Georgia football, so we're going to give that away. And if this guy wants us to sign it, I, I guess we can do that. So the winner of the Instagram giveaway by following all directions perfectly is Sam Bod. Sam B-A-H-D-E. Body? Bod? Sam Bod, congratulations. You are the winner of our Instagram giveaway. So I will follow you on Instagram and we will get this show on the road. Murray, how's it going, man? You were in Boca for a soaking wet FAU Air Force game, I think. Yeah, it was a fun game. It actually turned out to be a pretty wild ending. FAU looked to be dominating the second half, and then all of a sudden they're up by two scores. Force blocks a punt, returns it for a touchdown, gets the onside kick. They're only down by six points at this turn of events, so they had about 50 seconds to go. Unfortunately, as we all know, Air Force is not built to throw a football. Through an interception, but kind of turned into, like I said, exciting end to the game. But it was fun. It was a little bit different. We actually, CBS had the game exclusively on Facebook Watch. So no commercials, no halftime. Yeah. And it was tough because the first hour and a half was a rain delay. So we have to fill for an hour and a half, then call a game with no commercials, no halftime. So it ended up being about four and a half hours of nonstop talking. So I was <laughs> completely Sounds right worn up my out. alley. I was completely worn out by the time we were done. And then trip flip the script. I had to wake up about five o'clock this morning, catch a six thirty flight. There you go. Out of Fort Lauderdale too. So 
Nice. No sleep club over here. I'm, I'm just I'm just happy my voice is working at the moment. It's working, and you're committed to the Punt and Pass podcast, so we appreciate you. Everybody appreciates you, Aaron. Later on in the show, we're also going to name the Davey O'Brien Great Eight and the Rays Eight for punter and quarterback of the week. Let's jump right into the football, though. Georgia traveled to South Carolina. It was the 3-3 game. On CBS, Georgia was ranked number three. South Carolina ranked in the top 25 for the first time since 2014. And Aaron, everybody was making it seem like South Carolina had a legitimate shot to win this football game. The media vortex, which I told you about last week, do not get sucked into the media vortex. I couldn't for the life of me understand why people thought South Carolina had all of a sudden arrived. Like they were on the same level as Georgia. And I told you on the Punt and Pass podcast last week, Georgia will cover 10 points. They will dominate and they will win because run, game, and defense travels. Buddy, that's exactly what they did. Impressive, impressive 41 to 17 victory for Georgia over South Carolina. I, I think, I think the, the thing the media was really hyping up is look at Georgia's schedule. At what point could there possibly be a slip up? You look at them at South Carolina, at LSU, and then Jacksonville. I think those are the three big games people look at of, okay, if Georgia was going to lose this year, yeah, if, if there's going to be any kind of slip up, where would it be? And obviously Auburn at the end of the season at home. But uh, we know the difficulty of playing at the road. Florida – in my opinion, still is a lot to go as you see it. LSU, defensive team, not a lot of question marks in the offense. South Carolina is going to be the most complete team they play on the road this entire season. Yeah. So in my mind, I think in everyone's mind, they're just saying, we know Georgia's better, but if there is going to be that moment of maybe it's a bad day offensively, maybe this defense is not what we're expecting. It's going to be South Carolina. It's going to be early in the season. And listen, there's still a lot of question marks about the defensive side of the football for Georgia. I had questions. I think a lot of people had questions. Is this a team that can be like Alabama? Can they reload? They haven't, they haven't shown it. They have not shown that they can have a successful season reload once they lose a bunch of talent and go out there and dominate the football like Alabama does every single year. I think they showed this past weekend they are at that level defensively, and they're mm. going to continue to be at that level defensively, especially the way Kirby emphasizes recruiting, especially top-tier talent on the defensive side of football. So now I'm a believer. I'm a believer, and they can reload. They showed it. I don't know who can beat them right now. Look yeah. at the rest of their schedule. It's kind of scary. I mean, this is really going to be a dominant Alabama team, a dominant Georgia football team. Because there's no there's no weaknesses. It, Alabama has a weakness, the kicking game. Yeah. Georgia, you look at their their team right now. I, you can't say there's one spot that gives you any kind of concern as a fan or anyone in the media. No, you're totally right. And we talked about it last week. We said there are really three teams in college football, maybe a rotating fourth. And then the rest, and it's Alabama, it's Georgia, it's Clemson, and then you're talking about your Ohio State, Oklahoma kind of rotating in that fourth spot, and then there's everybody else. Georgia flexed their muscles on the road. We talked about how hostile Columbia would be. We talked about how hot it was going to be, and man, Georgia was prepared, and you mentioned it, Aaron. You said reload. Andrew Thomas, their left tackle, 
big-time NFL talent, ta- left tackle, goes out with a sprained ankle. Who comes in? Another five-star, Cade Mays. That's the difference, dude. And then they were running behind Cade Mays, right? So this kid was ready to go. Georgia is deep with talent. And, man, when you take care of the football and you tackle and block, I know it sounds so stupid and so simple. That's how you dominate football games. I had a lot of fun on Twitter yesterday. Had to go after a certain Tory Gurley who was Mm. just spouting off at the mouth on the Fine Bomb show talking about guarantee South Carolina's going to win. South Carolina's the better team. And you know what, Aaron? If you say dumb shit, you, you have to be held accountable for it. So I had to take him to task. I had to let him know. I you put him over. You put him over the lap and you just spanked him all night. I was like, Drew. Well, you know what, dude? I'm, text, I'm texting you. I was like, man, you are feeling. I, was, I, sh- I had to show Sharon the Twitter, uh, your Twitter feed this morning, and she was just – dying laughing at, at you just roasting him the entire night. Well, but I agree. It. I mean, you want to say stupid stuff, especially on fine bomb, then you're going to get roasted. Yeah. There's I no love doubt. I, Hey, and I appreciate you sticking up for me too. With one of your tweets, I had to retweet. I had to love it. If you didn't, if you haven't seen your listen, make sure you look at Drew's Twitter account and you will see <laughs> him just... sticking up, sticking up for his QB. You know, you got to stick up for the QB. You know it, dude. And that's what I was saying. Cause when you mentioned you had questions about Jeremy Pruitt as a head coach, they dissected your comment like an episode of 2020, like it was 60 minutes investigative journalism. And then they started taking personal so- shots at you. They get this guy, Tory Gurley, on the Fine Bomb show. He had like seven appearances. And he, all he's saying is South Carolina's better. South Carolina's going to win. He had zero analysis for it. And they're trotting him out like he's a damn Hall of Famer. I just didn't quite get it. So when I knew Georgia was going to take care of business around the third quarter, um, I just started firing off at Tory Gurley. So, buddy, you caught it, and if you do it again, I'm going to come right back after you. And, and one of my tweets heat. also, Aaron, because you and I have been in these meetings, and, and you're dealing with it right now in the media, right? You get frowned upon in the media if, for myself being a Georgia alma mater uh, alumni, I come out and I say Georgia's going to smoke South Carolina. They're going to beat their ass, and it's not going to be close. People say I'm a homer. TV and radio executives say you can't be a homer. And I tell them, I'm not. I just know football, Aaron. And I know it when I see it. And I called it this week, and I called my shot. And, and buddy, it felt pretty damn good. So, Well, uh, hey, listen, we're, we've been pretty lucky our first two years. Yes, exactly. Because Georgia <laughs> You're football exactly right. is a favorite in every single game. The majority of the time they've been playing these past two, two seasons. So it makes it pretty easy for us. And looking ahead for the next I don't know, three or four years, it looks like our picks are going to be pretty easy as well. <laughs> no, you're totally right. And um, it, it was just an all-out dominant performance by Georgia. I mean, we could talk about it as much as you want, but DeAndre Baker had a fantastic game. Obviously, the pick six to start. He dropped it before he crossed the goal line, but what a heads-up play by Jawan Taylor to get on the ball. And then they just started rolling. They have so many talented running backs. Jake Fromm takes care of the football. And defense so far, Aaron, I know there's a lot of question marks about the middle of that defense. They look like they're going to be just fine. Yeah, I think they're going to be fine. I think the biggest thing, my major concern was stopping Bentley, was stopping Debo, was stopping Edwards on the outside. Yep. And you want to look at the stats. I mean, obviously, Edwards had a big day, seven catches, 111 yards, two touchdowns. But Debo Samuel was a non-factor, 33 yards, no touchdowns, really was not the Debo Samuel we were expecting, whether it's jet sweeps, catching the ball, special teams. If you can shut him down, that that was the main key in my mind. I, and they did they had a great game plan. Obviously, they did a great job too. Make 
uh, Bentley feeling comfortable in the pocket throughout that game as well. And you can't say enough about this offense, the consistency yeah. of taking care of the football on the road when it's hostile, when it's loud. What gets a crowd even more rambunctious is is turnovers, is three and outs, and they didn't do that. They, they ate up the, the, the time of possessions. They didn't turn the football over. It was just a great overall performance on the road early in the season. Listen, I, I'm excited to see what they can do the rest of the year, but I don't see anyone challenging them, honestly. No, and, and it's to Georgia's credit. They are so much more prepared, and that's the one thing I said last week on the podcast. I said this is not the late 2000s, early 2010s Georgia team. This is different, man. They are extremely deep, extremely prepared, and sound. And when you go on the road, whether it's in a hostile environment or not, you tend to take care of business in that sort of fashion. I'd be remiss if I didn't remind you again, I obviously picked Georgia minus the 10 points, which they covered. Aaron, you said Georgia's going to win, but you know, you're know you in the media now. I understand you got sucked in by the vortex just a little bit. You took the 10 points, South Carolina. That's okay. We're not going to hold it against you. The night game last night was awesome. You and I were texting throughout the evening, and Clemson traveled into Texas A&M at College Station, and it looks like Jimbo Fisher's got his thumbprint on that Aggie football program pretty early. A&M gets kind of screwed by the referees, Aaron. I thought so. They lose by two points, 28 to 26. Clemson gets out with a great road win. Yeah, that I mean, what you gotta love college football. I'm I just mean, watching just that game. Best. I'm in my hotel room. I already told you about my long day calling the FAU Air Force game. So I got a pizza, I got salmon and vegetables, and I have I a chocolate molten cake and ice cream. <laughs> I'm just, I'm in heaven. I'm watching this game on TV. I'm watching the Florida game on my iPad, and it's just like you can't get any better. I mean, you honestly couldn't get any better unless maybe Sharon and the dogs were next to me. Other than that, it was an awesome night. Watch it. But Kellen Mond, can we just talk about oh, the throws man. he made? Well, their receivers you, were wide open. I, yeah, but even the, the, the two touchdowns later in the game, the one he was rolling to the left, and then both he was rolling to his left. And you saw it last week. He he has complete trust throwing the ball up at the rim. We yeah, about as a quarterback, throwing it up in the end zone. Throw it high. Let your receivers go up there. And, and dunk it. It's an alley-oop. And he did it last week in the first game. He did it multiple times in this game. They kind of exposed Clemson a little bit. Uh, they showed that this, obviously, Clemson's front four is dominant. I think they demonstrated that throughout the night. But the secondary has a little bit of a weak link for this Clemson defense. And Kellen Mon, like you said, he exposed it. I thought he had a very impressive game. And to, uh, the thing that bugged me, because a I thought, played extremely well offensively, defensively. Going for two points. I hate oh, seeing this. Yeah. I tweeted it last night. Why do you cut the field in half? Your quarterback's doing a great job in the pocket, picking his receivers out, and if nothing's happening, he, he showed it all night, his ability to run the football and get yardage with his legs. I hate that. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I thought that was an awful call at the end of the game. It's a scared football call. Give your quarterback, who's having a heck of a game, the ability to do everything that he's been doing. So I thought that was that was pretty weak on that coaching sense. But I agree. I think this team, A&M, and I said it last week, they're going to show everyone that they are moving in the right direction in their Jimbo. Yes, they got about 16, 17 starters back from, the, from last season, but they were tougher. They were more aggressive, especially on the defensive line and the offensive line. And that's something that he had to bring to that A&M team. 
did it. And then only the second week, they're already demonstrating their ability to go out there and play tougher SEC type of football. Yeah, I mean, they stuck their nose right in there. They were not afraid of Clemson, and they played 60 minutes. I thought Clemson would run away with it late. Uh, I, I laid the points. I was wrong in this one, Aaron, because I just didn't think A&M could stick with them for 60 minutes. I was wrong. Hand up. Jimbo Fisher has these guys ready to play, and when your quarterback goes 23 of 40 for 430 yards and three touchdowns, Aaron, uh, you're going to have a good chance to make some special things happen. So Clemson gets away with the victory. You know, you'll never apologize for winning, okay? There's no pictures in the win column, that's for sure. But, man, um, you know, Clemson, number two team in the nation, it looks like they'll be smooth sailing all the way to the ACC championship as well because they – get away from a big-time road test just in week two. One of the most special plays of the game, though, for me, Aaron, A&M was backed up, fourth down. They send the punter out. He blasted it like 70-plus yards. I don't yeah, know if it's saw it or night. Yeah. He, uh, he ripped just, it. Brandon Mann is his name. Just brought all of his anger out on that football. <laughs> it was it was fantastic. I think you, you would you'd pull your hamstring you try to punt a ball that hard right oh, now. Oh, come on now. Come on now. I'd punt it. <laughs> I, I got him. I got him. But <laughs> Ray's eight, the Ray Guy Award players of the week, the top eight punters of the week, I'll start right there because Brandon Mann is one of them from Texas A&M. He is one of Ray's eight, and the others are Matt Bonadies from Middle Tennessee, Drew Chrisman from Ohio State, Jack Fox from Rice, Blake Gillikin from Penn State, Jake Hartbarger from Michigan State, Mason King from Louisville, James Smith from Cincinnati, and Brandon Mann, of course, from NAM. So great punting on display. Punters are just better and better every single year now. It's crazy. Aaron, I think there was also somebody on Texas A&M who may be one of Davey O'Brien's great eight of the week. Yeah, we had a great eight. Uh, I'm going to name off some guys right now that had tremendous weeks. And like you said, Texas A&M, Kellen Mond, we just talked about his tremendous day against that, that tough Clemson front four and defense overall. Uh, just incredible play from him. Uh, you got Kyler Murray from OU once again on the ground with his legs. Manny Wilkins, ASU. Steven Montez, Colorado, that incredible game. I don't know if you guys if you guys missed it. Make sure you go check out those yeah, highlights. Wild. Jake Fromm, super consistent, doing what he needs to do to get a win on the road for Georgia. Terry Wilson, Kentucky. I, I said I was watching that game as well last night versus Florida. His playmaking ability, I mean, he rolled out to the right one time and threw a 45-yard bomb, 50-yard bomb, which I don't know any quarterback would have the guts to throw a post going from left to right over the safety on the right side. I'm just like, who throws that? <laughs> Lays an absolute pearl in there. And then Blake Barnett, USF, I had a tremendous day. And then uh, Mr. King from Houston as well. Uh, they had a big win. So it was a great day. A lot of great quarterback play, which I love to see. No, there's no doubt, man. Uh, a lot of really, really top quarterback play. Blake Barnett, he's the one who transferred from Alabama, right? That is. Yeah, down at South a great Florida. Day. They came back and beat Georgia Tech. But, you know, you mentioned Terry Wilson and what he was able to do. Two touchdowns through the air and 105 rushing yards also with a touchdown for the monster victory. For the Kentucky Wildcats, they go into the swamp, Aaron, and they upset Florida. Florida was the number 25-ranked team in the nation. Kentucky hadn't beat Florida in 31 straight years. And guess what? 
I took Kentucky plus fourteen. I am the smart. I'm a college football tastemaker. I am. I I am college it, football's elite tastemaker, Aaron. If you are Florida, you have to be embarrassed. Oh. I mean, to lose to Kentucky, twenty-seven to seventeen. I mean, they got smoked. This is a good Kentucky team. I thought Wilson had a tremendous game. Belly Snell Jr., uh, Benny Snell Jr., excuse me, had a tremendous night running the football. But Florida, I mean, man, oh, man, at home. 27 just, to 16, not a fluke, not a fluke at all. No. It, well, obviously the last touchdown was a fumble recovery. Florida has a two-minute drill. Felipe gets hit. Kentucky picks the ball up and runs it for a touchdown with no time remaining in the game to win it. So a little closer than 27 to 16 uh, really should have been, uh, what was it, 21 to 16. That's right. But I don't want to talk about Florida's defense, which surprised me. They they could not tackle. I, it was embarrassing. Honestly, I mean, these running, I know they've, we talked about Benny Snell jr. Being a very talented running back underrated in the sec, but still Florida, they was taking three, four attempts every time they ran the football to bring him down. They just looked like they weren't prepared. They thought they were, they, I think they're riding high after that first week. They no doubt. Won, they feeling good. Everyone's saying Florida's back. I think they're reading their own press and they went out there and just crapped the bed and then flip it over offensively. I thought Felipe started the game off strong. They, they did a lot of five receiver sets. He looked accurate. He made some really impressive moves from the pocket when there's pressure in his face. He is a 6'5", 6'6", kid, so he was able to throw over some linebackers. Throughout the night, he started to feel a little bit more uncomfortable, started to force a couple passes, threw one terrible pick, covered two, yeah. he, had a, he had an inside corner route, threw it right at the safety, and then later in the game, he got lucky. He missed another uh, – pretty much two interceptions went right through the defender's hands. Should have had three picks on the night actually. So he started to force balls down the field late in the game, which he shouldn't do. Uh, listen, like I said, I think if you're Florida, you're pretty embarrassed. Got to be. The way they went out there and played offensively and played defensively at home, it just – it wasn't a good look. I thought I, – I, I was on the train of Florida's back that they – are moving in the right direction and they should beat Kentucky. But man, they, they did not prove it that last night, obviously. No, they didn't. And if I showed you a stat line with no team logos on it, and I asked you who won the game, the team that rushed for 303 yards or the team that rushed for only 128 yards, I think you'd pick the team that goes over 300 yards on the ground. And that's exactly what Kentucky did. I mean, their quarterback on 105 yards and a touchdown and Benny Snell on 27 carries, Aaron had 175 rushing yards. So that's how you win football games. And you, when you go on the road and you beat a team that you hadn't won that you had not beat in 31 straight years, that's impressive. So bravo, Kentucky. Hat tip to you. I'll be interested to see how they kind of continue to get better throughout the season. I want to ask you about two more teams and then we'll get on out of here, Aaron. One, Mississippi State. Look, they go into Manhattan, they play Kansas State, and they whoop up on them 31-10. to 10. I saw Peter Burns from the SEC Network tweeted this out this morning, and it kind of made me scratch my head saying, hey, he's got a pretty good point. If you put Mississippi State's team in an Ohio State or an Oklahoma jersey, they'd be a top-five team in the land. But since nobody really knows a lot about them, they're taking care of business. Nick Fitzgerald's a great quarterback. Joe Moorhead knows what he's doing on the offensive side of the ball from a coaching perspective. Mississippi State's the real deal. They have so many returners, returning starters. And look, I mean, they're 2-0, and obviously, but they're going to be in the top 15 after this week. They took care of business. Yeah, but still, I, I'm not completely sold on this football team right now. Nick Fitzgerald... 
was high on him early last season, and the more and more I've watched him, the more and more questions came to my mind of can this kid be a top-tier quarterback? And he took way too many hits in the game. Watching the game, he's still not protecting his body. He needs a slide. He needs to get out of bound because we saw it last year. Those started to add up on him. Then his play started to diminish. Obviously, he got hurt towards the end of the season. So if he's on the field, they are a better offense. But the way he's getting knocked around right now, I I don't know if he's going to make it an entire season. And he's only 11 of 27. I know he's on the road. KSU tends to have very good defense, but not completely sold. But you look at their schedule. They play Louisiana. They play at Kentucky next. And that could be a, a decently challenging game. Florida and then Auburn at home. Uh, so that's going to be the big test uh, looking at their schedule right now. These next this over this next month is going to be that that Auburn game playing in the West. The game means a little bit more. So that's going to be the big, big test of seeing if this team is legit or not. If they go in and beat if they win at Kentucky, they beat Florida. And then they if they beat Auburn, then I think they're going to start earning a lot of respect uh, when it comes to ranking this team in the top 10. But right now, there's just too many good teams out there. There's too many good teams in the West, and they've yet to play or beat one of them. Um, so I'm still not going to give them as much credit just yet. No doubt. They still have a lot of football to play. Once they get in conference, that's when the rubber will meet the road for sure. A game that we talked about last week, USC at Stanford. Stanford was a five-and-a-half-point favorite, and they won 17-3, to Aaron. USC could not even get in the end zone. JT Daniels, that freshman quarterback out West, Still having some trouble, but Stanford establishes the run game with Bryce Love, and uh, K.J. Costello is a good quarterback. I like the way he plays. I thought it was a good game to kind of flip back and forth between that and the Clemson game. Any thoughts on the Cardinal or the Trojans? Well, I, listen, everyone was high on JT, JT Daniels, quarterback for USC, and we talked about it last week. I, I had a feeling he was going to struggle these next couple weeks. He had a really good first game. Uh, made some great throws. I, everything everyone sees potential. He's going to be something special. Uh, another one of these great quarterbacks uh, for USC. But first road game against a very good defense, and then he has to turn around and play at Texas this next game. And we forget he's he's only 18 years old. He should be playing yeah. in, co- in high school football right now. Instead, he's playing against Stanford, a top 20 team in the country. So I was expecting a little bit of a, uh, a troubling game for him. Two interceptions, his first big challenge. But listen, he's young. He's going to learn from his mistakes. He's going to correct them and hopefully play a little bit better versus Texas. But Stanford, rough first week. They weren't able to establish a run. You knew they were going to say, listen, this is our identity. We're going to get back to work. They did it this week. Bryce Love, 136 yards and a touchdown. He's too good just not to to, to not be able to get going uh, they established the run early with him, and, and that was a big win for them in conference. Yeah, big win for them in conference. And uh, I want to keep my eyes on the Pac-12, Washington, Stanford, and the last team that we'll talk about before wrapping up this roundup. Is it Arizona State? Yes, because I— Why? Do, you want, do you want to rub it in my face? No, the Big Ten, no, the Big because— Ten is not playing well? No, I, I, you know, I was—Willie Taggart was my uh, absolute— head scratcher coaching hire this offseason but I was very very skeptical of Herm Edwards as well and look they're 2-0 and they beat Michigan State yesterday Michigan State ranked number 15 in the nation and now everybody's like crowning Herm Edwards saying it's it's working like the CEO aspect NFL approach is working hold the phone dude I mean it's week two you just said that about Mississippi State and I agree with you 
But the media vortex is already starting, Aaron, around how great Herm Edwards is at Arizona State. So let's just watch the Sun Devils from afar, and I will keep that at the tip of my tongue every yeah, week. Yeah, let's, let's see what they look like because they play at San Diego State next, who's a very good football team, and then they play at Washington. So that's going to be a, a challenging next couple of weeks on the road for him. I mean, he's had two home games, so you have the home field advantage. Now you have to go play a couple of away games versus very talented football teams. So we'll see if anyone's tune changes if they're 2-2 two and two, uh, in the first month of football. Yeah, because I don't see I, – I, I think that San Diego State will beat them. You're not doing that game, are you? It's on CBS Sports nope. Network. Not doing that game. Um, and then they'll lose to Washington and Seattle, and then they'll probably lose at Colorado and State. I mean, they got a tough – road ahead so everybody hold your horses on making herm edwards the coach of the year through two weeks of football but looking ahead to week three we got some great matchups on the dock aaron lsu auburn's going to be fun to talk about and um just college football it's back and i watched the nfl today and i'm i'm just happy i'm a happy guy especially when georgia whoops south carolina and then i get to chirp tory Gurley for like five hours that was fun i'm just going to tell you right now that yeah, you look like fun. you're having some fun. <laughs> yeah, I certainly, I certainly was. Anything on the way out, my man? No, it, it's going to be another fun week. Obviously, you talked about that game. I think a big test for Ohio State versus ECU. That's right. Alabama uh, that'll Ole be a Miss. fun one to watch. Alabama Ole Miss. I'm excited. We're going to break. I'm not going to give too much now, but that game is going to be. It's very intriguing for me. Ole Miss has looked really good these first two weeks. Uh, it's going to be. It's going to be an interesting matchup. So we'll dive more into that on the show that comes out on Thursday. That's right. Check back in with us on Thursday. And then my man who won the Instagram giveaway, holler at me, please. You are Sam Bod, Sam Body, B-A-H-D-E. I should have maybe picked an easier name to pronounce. But follow us, uh, Aaron's at Aaron Murray 11. I'm at Drew Butler 13. And this is at Punt and Pass. Talk to you Thursday. See ya.